Hello and welcome to the Scottish Fantasy Football Community Podcast. My name is Thomas. And I'm Harry. And this is the first instalment of a game weekly series which we will be doing where we review our team's performance and look at what went well or what went wrong. And then we will also be doing a preview for potential transfers we want to make as well as looking a bit further ahead. Then in this episode we will be discussing why we personally don't believe you should wildcard and then finally answering some listener questions which you can send in to us by either just replying to a message or or, or tweet or messaging us directly at sffantasy.com. Perfect. Uh, Thomas, how did you get on this week? Okay. Okay. Give me the highs and give me the lows. Captain Tav, high. Low is I had four players, including my bench player that didn't play. So I essentially fielded a red-carded team. Fair enough. And how many points did you get overall? Well, um, I got 75, if I'm right in remembering. Yourself? Fair enough. Similar start to you. I uh, scored 76 points, so I'm one ahead. Things went fairly well, I have to say. The For me, you know, one of the massive positives is every single one of my player, bar Clark, the Dundee United striker, played more than 60 minutes. Um, so I'm very happy about that. Again, Captain Tav. I, I, at this point, I don't even know if that's like uh, something to be happy about. It's just an expectation, almost. Absolutely, it's an expectation. So uh, Boyle scoring the penalty for seven points, and then Mackenzie and Ramsey doubled up on the Aberdeen cheapies and combined they returned me 17 points. I was very happy about that. On the negative side, uh, Saint Mirren uh, failed to keep a clean sheet against Dundee FC. Made that Anik recorded me one point. Uh, McGinn for Hibs recorded me none and um, yeah Clark was a bit Clark was a bit disappointing in so much as he only played 15 minutes but that was fine I guess that's why you had the bench trick but I would say the thing that let me down the most was my vice captain and also my midfield I vice captain Kent who scored three points and then Turnbull scored three Wotherspoon scored four and Ginelli, or Ginelli, who didn't come off the bench, scored three, with only Boyle returning. So, considering how much money I've got invested in midfield, that was fairly disappointing. I mean, I'm in the same boat, but we both watched the sports scene, and we still feel that both Turnbull and Kent, although maybe they didn't return this week, they were getting into dangerous positions, and they were like putting shots that last season you'd expect a Kent or a Turnbull to score. So, I'm, I'm tempted to just keep them in for a bit. I mean, I've as I said previously, I've got some fires that need put out. I need to... I, I mean, I believe that Alan... Alan was one of the players that didn't play. I think he's travelled with Hibs to play in their European game. Again, Welsh, who I had, I just think he was rested because he played 120 minutes of intense football midweek. So I still see see him being a starter. But Nisbet returned for me up top. And then, again, Kane only came off the bench for St Johnston so only got me one point which was annoying but again as I said my defence performed solidly lowest point score was McCart with 6 then you got Ramsey with 11 and Tav who I captained at 30 very good that's actually yeah, so, I mean if you spend too much time on uh, fantasy football Twitter you'd be convinced that a 76 and a 75 is a fairly poor start seeing a lot of high 80s low 90 scores being bandied about but to be honest I'm actually quite happy with 76 points it's a good base to build from and as I said you know the majority of my players played full 90 so you know I'm just going to build from here um so not that there's a competition or anything 
we both, I mean, it is exactly, I take that back, it is exactly a competition. And there are points and league positions at stake here. Um, but, you know, to compare my game to yours, I would say they're very similar. Mine, I think, just went marginally better, not with regards to points, but I have less fires to put out. You have uh, yeah. to act with a little bit more urgency than I do. I may be a little bit more flexible, which I guess... Uh, again... Oh, go on, sorry, Thomas. Again, I really don't... We're saying the fires. Alan was out with a knock. Uh, as I said, he's travelled with Hibs, and then Welsh, again, is a starter. I think he starts ahead of Beaton, so... And Urugide? Yeah, I mean, Beaton starts ahead of Urugide, and Welsh starts ahead of Beaton, in my opinion. Fair enough, okay. All right, just, uh, it's interesting. So I guess, I guess that leads us on to the next bit section then, is kind of discussing our plans for the transfers. Thomas, we spoke off pod, you were thinking about bringing in, I think, was it McKenzie? Just, like tonight, yep. not, not waiting at all, just getting that transfer locked in because you're worried about a price rise? Yeah, uh, so one of the players that I, didn't ha- that I had which didn't play was Freeman of Dundee. I was kind of banking on him because he looked decent, uh, not necessarily pre-season, but in the... Scottish Cup, I believe it is, where they do the like round robin at the start, and he played pretty much every minute for Dundee. So I was like, oh, he's pretty much nailed, and then he doesn't play a minute. So he's going to be the one that I transfer out for Mackenzie. But again, McCart McCart for St Johnston was good, got me a clean sheet bonus, and then Welsh again, as I've been banging on for the last however many minutes. Again, I believe starts. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, that's fine. So you're going to go from Freeman to Mackenzie. Yeah, Freeman to Mackenzie, and then maybe next week transfer out Kane for Curtis Main. Fair enough. I mean, I guess we'll see. Or someone like that. Um, yourself, any transfers planned? Uh, you see, so we're going to come on to this a little bit later. Uh, I like a discussion about, you know, banking a transfer or just yep. using it. Uh, I'm in two minds at the moment. As I said previously, I'm, I don't necessarily have any fires that must be put out. Um, but... Clark only playing 58 in an Aberdeen side that looked actually pretty awful. I mean, I know that Aberdeen are really starting to come into some form and they look great. Dundee were crap and they were all out of ideas um, going forward and in defence. And I think that I think that you know maybe looking at the fixture ticker or having like seen some of the performances of strikers in that price range, it might be worth the upside to move to a different striker. Um, so either I'm going to bank a transfer um, to benefit from the flexibility further down the line. Or I'm going to bring in, I was considering, oh, this is quite an aggressive move, but because uh, he's only played the one game in the league, but Kevin Van Fein, he from Motherwell. I, I battered on about how I thought Motherwell were going to be Binfire FC this season. Um, but they actually put in a, a, a reasonable account of themselves against Hibs, scoring two goals, maybe not defensively. Uh, and they play St. Johnson, Livingston and Dundee in the next three. So I think as a punt, like as my a player to come off the bench, I think that might be quite exciting. And he looked electric. I think I saw a stat on Twitter. It was he completed eight... He had eight successful take-ons in this game week. Second place was like Boyce with two. Um, so that's, that's very impressive and he looked lively. So it's either him... Curtis May I can afford to go to as well. But I think St. Mary... St. Mary played Dundee. There, but then it's Hearts and Celtic. So, oh, sorry, they just played Dundee. They play Hearts, they play Celtic, and then St. Johnston. So that is actually three tough fixtures in a row. Yep, uh, three, three def- relatively defensively strong defences, considering the transfer business that Celtic have just done with regards to signing Joe Hart. Like, as we're recording, he got signed last night, which I think is a good addition for Celtic. 
Then again, Hearts have Gordon and Goals, who again we saw at the weekend was sublime against Celtic. Yeah. And St Johnson seemed to have picked up there they left off with regards to solidity. Ross County didn't record a single shot on target across the 90 minutes. Um, so they, they might be quite a tough team to break down. So I think, yeah. I mean, can you think of anyone outside of the two suggestions I've made there? Kevin Van Fane and uh, Curtis Main? Uh, on the cheaper side... It depends how cheap you consider cheap because you have got Ramirez as that Aberdeen option who is very good. I can't bail to him. I'd have to wait another. So that 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 then, if I wanted to play like Ramirez, I would then be banking a transfer this week as a so I could free up funds to move to him. It's either a sideways move this week or I bank and move upgrade next week. What do you think? What do you think I should do? Uh, I mean, it sounds like your team is good. Like all players are playing, and not all the time, but. A lot of them seem to be returning, bar a couple. Um, and then those two that we said, two or three that we said, Janelli, Kent, and Turnbull, all looked good. Kind of surprised they didn't score. Janelli uh, could easily have had an assist, but I think like for the GMS goal, but it just went to from Janelli to Boyce to GMS instead of just straight from Janelli to GMS. So he got the the second assist, uh, but he's getting forwards. Uh, and then Ken and Turnbull maybe unlucky is the wrong word maybe they were just snatching at their shots or whatever um, if I was you I'd bank a transfer I was about to say I actually think banking a transfer is also kind of more in line with the kind of fantasy football manager I am I, it's especially in the opening game weeks I'm quite conservative and I think that if I bank the transfer what I'm doing is, is I'm A giving myself a bit more flexibility you know, if fires crop up or I, I, I want to I, I wanna pull value out of a player and put it into a more expensive player, I can do that in the one game week. And second of all, it means I have another game week's worth of information when it comes to making transfers. Yeah, especially when it's so, such a... So at the start, especially of Scottish football, especially with so many changes because you've got new managers at Celtic, Dundee. You've then got a good side in Hearts who are coming up. You've got Motherwell who and Livingston who have pretty much th- sold half their... Like their their roster so it's a very like volatile start to the season so you think bank a transfer yeah play it play it safe i mean you don't need to use it in my opinion you'd be better off keeping it okay i think that's gonna be my plan you can bitch me thomas unless one of your players gets injured in one of the european ties but rangers have already played so you're keeping tav and kent what about your captain the vice captain have you thought about that uh I mean, always Captain Tav is not necessarily trending, but it's a thing in Scottish football. Tempted to vice-captain Turnbull or Aberdeen, just because... Or uh, Aberdeen, or vice-captain uh, McKenzie, just because Celtic play Dundee Football Club and Aberdeen play Livingston, so... And Livingston looked not good against Rangers to put it politely. Fair enough. For me, I'm with you on Captain Tavernier. Um, and then I think when it comes to my vice-captain, either I'm going to be very boring and do the same as you, vice-captain Turnbull, or Boyce, Boyce, uh, Boyce, Boyle, sorry. Boyle's playing at home against Ross County, and whilst Ross County looked fairly solid, I think um, Hibernian will offer far more going forward than St. Johnson. So I think Boyle for vice-captain might be a shout. How are you lining up at the moment? We'll just quickly do that. How are you lining up? Yeah, I mean, it sounds... It does also, I feel when I say it out loud, sounds kind of been fiery, but, like, 
got Tav, McCart, Ramsey. Then I've got Freeman and Welsh in defence, but they were on the bench because they didn't play a minute. Then in midfield, I've got Janelli, Boyle, Kent, Turnbull and Allen. Again, Allen went onto the bench because he didn't play a minute, but if he plays midweek, or what is tomorrow night for us, he will just stay in my team. Um, and then up front, I've got Nisbet, Cunningham and Kane. And again, Kane isn't the greatest, but that's then me. Personally, I feel two transfers away from having a full squad playing by the Diddy goalkeeper and my bench What I'll say about Kane as well is that Austin Johnson didn't score and both the strikers got hit, so you might see Kane getting a start. Potentially. That's why I'm that's why I'm waiting just this game week to see does Kane start, does he get brought on earlier? Because from what I remember watching is Kane and Stevie May got subbed on and instantly St. Johnson looked a lot more threatening. Fair enough. I'm going Anakin goals, obviously. Captain Tav, McGinn, McCart, Ramsey. Uh, Wotherspoon, Boyle, Kent, Turnbull, with either any one of those three taking the vice-captain. Boyce up top, bench trick player, then it's McKenzie, uh, Ginelli, Ginelli, however you pronounce his name, and Clark on the bench. Shall we move on to the next section, talk about why we think that maybe you shouldn't be wildcarding this early in the season? Sure. Perfect. Okay, Thomas, why don't you kick us off? Why don't you believe that uh, playing wildcard is necessary at this point in time? Uh, so, yeah, sure. So, for me, the first reason you wouldn't really want to wildcard is you don't have a super clear picture of what's going on. You might know who the 100% starters, like your Boils, your Kents, your Tavs, uh, like, you know who they're going to be, but for all we know, Ramsey might get hooked for Jack Gower next game week just because he had an awful game week or something like that so maybe don't do it now from the fact that there's a bit of fog surrounding what you're able to put into the team just because there is so little information you've only seen 90 minutes worth of football so far it's just you also just don't know who's going to perform well and who's not like so like Van Veen I saw a funny, like, his interview, he said something like, there's no point being compared to Camp if I'm only good for one week from Motherwell. I think that sort of sums it up perfectly. You're now basing it off of one game week where teams might not have been gelled 100%. Managers maybe not necessarily experimenting, but maybe testing if this player can move over here or see what this player can do. If you wait into somewhere into the middle of November or later on in the season, you then managers are more likely to have a set in stone plan by that point unless they're having to rotate because they're playing on however many different fronts. Sure. Okay, I uh, my reason is um, for those of you that are not aware, um, in this version of fantasy football, you only have the one wild card for the next thirty three game weeks. And then after the split, where the league splits in two and the top six teams play each other at once and the bottom six teams play each other once, you get another wildcard then. So if you were to wildcard now, you are locked into a team that you can only make a transfer one time each week unless you start incurring hits for the next 32 game weeks, which is a very long time to be locked into a team. So for that reason, I absolutely would be holding off. For me, like as we always say, uh, fantasy football is a marathon, not a sprint. 
If you got told you only had one water bottle in a marathon, you wouldn't use it up in the first mile regardless of what you've done. That would just be dumb. Next one, Thomas. Uh, so yeah, the next point that I personally believe would make this not necessarily the greatest is later on in the season with regards to price rises and that, your squad is likely to be worth a lot more if you can jump on the, these like Ramsey's who are 2 million, your very cheap strikers, you've got like your cheap midfielders, their prices are going to rise unless something cataclysmic happens. And even then, when players perform poorly, I find their pl- prices are almost more reluctant to drop. Mm-hmm. So you can enter this wild card building with a lot better value and you're able to then pick out these better players who have been performing consistently. I think if you're just playing the game every single week, you're likely to, even if you're sort of, a, you come to you know, game week 10, game week 15, and you're sort of in the middle of the pack if you're, of, your, of your mini leagues or of the mega league, you're still going to have a team value that's one, two, or three million higher than it was at the beginning. You know, as you're wildcarding in the second half of the season or whenever you've decided, just based on the fact that you're going to transfer players that don't play and bring in players that are on form or have good fixture runs. So I think, yep, absolutely, you're going to want to wait from a team value perspective. Finally, you know, maybe we're missing a few off here, but the one, the last one that comes to mind for me is that uh, of all the chips that you have, I think wildcard is the most powerful, as in you get the most points benefit by using it. And therefore, you're going to want to wait till moments in the season, such as double game weeks or blank game weeks, to either target or navigate um, these different situations. I think um, if you have a few fires to put out, um, but nothing too serious, then I would just make one transfer, take a hit this week. But um, there's going to be weeks where you need a wild card, where you have not been, for whatever reason you've not, I don't know, followed a Sati Show's ticker, you didn't have it at hand, and you missed a blank game week, and all of a sudden you've got nine players not playing and no wild card. You're going to want the chip for then. All right, so, Thomas, there are going to be people out there who've had an absolute shocker, you know, by comparison, they've, they've scored 35, they scored 40 points, like more than half their team didn't start. Would you have any advice for anyone that is deciding to game week and get uh, to wildcard in game week two? If you haven't got them in your team already, get in Tav. But apart from that, you can go relatively cheap at the back and still have a good five at the back playing. You could have Tav, you could have um, Ralston, McCart, Ramsey, and McKenzie, and that's outside of Tavernier. None of none of those have cost you more than two point five million. I agree. I agree that there appears to be some real value at the back. Again, just sort of the general advice I give to someone who is building a squad in game week one. Um, look to fixtures and target. You, you do have one week's worth of team sheets and some European team sheets now. So I'd have a look at those, see what players are playing regularly. And I guess, I would say maybe because the start of the season has gone so drastic for, drastically poorly for you, to the point where you're deciding game week to wildcard, play safe. Pick players that are going to play 90 minutes. Maybe put set piece put that set piece takers like you know your McGraths, um, and target yeah target solid fixture runs. Okay, so that's our sort of general discussion um, surrounding wild cards uh, done with now. Thomas, would you like to move on to some list of questions? Sure. Uh, do you want to just quickly fire into the first one? So the first com- question comes to one of our American listeners, at uh, Brendan Wilhide, uh, and he asks, "Use your transfer this week or bank it until next week." My temptation is to bank, but I'm worried about missing on early price risers. Thomas, how at it? What do you think? This A 
really depends on how well your squad did this week points wise as well as players need transferred out wise mm-hmm. like for me I need to transfer out Freeman because he didn't play a minute exactly I mean we sort of covered this just when we were going through our own teams we're in two different boats and I know a couple of people you know in group chats and that sort of thing who are very happy to bank this week um, so it does depend on the team I'd say if you have two or three fires that need putting out then I would go ahead and make a transfer this week but if you're in a position like mine where you know every 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 single player got minutes you scored well benefiting from flexibility especially at this start at the, in the, in a, as you said a turbulent beginning to the season it might be handy to have that transfer on the back burner ready for an emergency yeah in case for whatever reason two of your players get dropped or one gets injured and one gets sent off or I'm tripled up on two teams that play each other yep okay I think that's about it next question is uh, from at ski house 78 have Permacat back on the menu? Question mark. One hundred percent. Yep. Next question. <laughs> like, undoubted. It's like it. It's beyond doubt at this point. First game week back. Tav does Tav things. Clean sheet. Three bonus now as a result of the change to the scoring and two assists. What more can you ask for from a captain? Yep. I think as a result of me captaining him, he scored more points than combined. Everyone that wasn't a defender. Yeah, I did. Uh, I quickly did the calculations on a spreadsheet just regards the percentage. Whilst we were wait, I was waiting for you to get the call. Um, combined, my goalkeeper, defender. Uh, sorry, my goalkeep, my goalkeeper, my midfielder, my forwards scored a lower percentage than Captain Taff. And we have one friend who we did all we could to convince him, bring in Tav and captain him, and he didn't listen. Yep. Uh, ben Slaney from the Hoofball Podcast, we're talking to you. Can you imagine running a Scottish fantasy football podcast and in the first game we going without Tav and <laughs> him? Could you imagine? Shocking stuff. Anyways, next uh, and final question from at Andy Penman. Are there are any of these defences worth investing in other than Rangers? And I guess he's referring to teams that seem to have performed well from a defensive standpoint this weekend. Yep. Personally, I uh, so again, me and, oh, sorry, me and Harry discussed this pre-podcast a bit. The the three defenses that we looked at that we believed could have been quite good. First was Aberdeen because they have such an easy long run of fixtures, and again, they looked relatively solid. The other one was Saint Johnston again. Their solid defensive form from last season has carried through. I would potentially watch out. They have got this. They've got another three games. So obviously they played Ross County at the start this weekend. They've now got Motherwell and Dundee United at home, and then Saint Mary away. Those are three fixtures where, especially Dundee United, some of the teams might not be as good going forward. I know we just we said Motherwell looked pretty good against Hibs, but I feel. Cam Davidson has St. Johnston a lot better drilled than Hibs were. From a defensive standpoint, I would agree with you. Those are the two defences that really shout out to me. Celtic, again, although didn't look great against Hearts. They've brought in Joe Hart and Carl Starfelt got chucked in pretty much in the deep end. Played a game after only one training session, so Again, I think there's going to be a bit more defensive solidity there. And they play Dundee Football Club and St Mirren 
over the next two game weeks. They do, of course, have Rangers in game week four. But then again, there's another three game weeks where I would argue they have relatively easy fixtures. Fair enough. With regards to the Celtic defence, I'm aware with you having watched them on Sports Scene um, and looking back at my notes um, from watching the highlights. Ralston and Taylor get so high and wide, and Ralston's goal, he picks up the ball very centrally and drives into the box in there. So I think that Celtic defenders, particularly the wing-backs, can provide value. But as we've said previously, I'm, I'm a wait-and-watch kind of guy, and I want to see a couple of clean sheets out of Celtic before I start investing in their defence. Th- Any other defences that you've been thinking of, uh, so you apart s- from Aberdeen or St Johnston? Uh, and Celtic. Um, I actually thought, now this is again, like Ross County are coming up to, they've just played the, the quote-unquote easiest game of their first six games of the season. They have a horrible next five fixtures. However, they looked surprisingly solid against St Johnston. I mean, it was a fairly cagey game, both teams didn't offer much going forward. Ross County in particular didn't register a single shot on target as previously mentioned. But you know there are there's maybe a little bit of value there, and if I don't know if Malcolm McKay has the well drilled, maybe there might be some cheap uh, clean sheets there. Off the top, oh, of yeah. My so head. speaking of Malcolm, sorry, speaking of Malcolm McKay, um, in his post match interview, he was delighted that he'd managed to keep a clean sheet because they only had fourteen professional players. So considering that, I think he's done yeah, pretty well. Uh, on the inverse, I have Paul McGinn, who returned me no points this week, which was very disappointing. And uh, to concede two goals to Motherwell wasn't exactly ideal. So hopefully that... I'm not ready to transfer out McGinn yet. That seems a bit knee-jerk. And I think they've got a good run of fixtures, uh, fixtures and there are clean sheets there. But I think if... Uh, who are Hibs playing next week? Hibs play... Uh, Ross County. Ross County. If they had to keep a clean sheet against Ross County, then they'll be seriously be reconsidering him as an option. Yep, because as... Harry's mentioned in one of the preview episodes you want your defenders to be not only returning offensively but returning defensively yeah. a clean sheet is worth a lot of points yeah. if you want you want the, you want your defenders taking over the clean sheets and chipping in with attacking returns now and then so to summarize defense is worth investing in other rangers you've got a value at uh, Aberdeen for sure if you aren't already double up on those two be cheapies I think they're going to be great values as season progresses Celtic, with the clean sheets start to come, I think there are cheap ways into the first team there, and that's ideal, seeing as they're all firm. St. Johnson are looking solid again this season. Um, I'm saying wait and watch on Hibs a little bit. I wouldn't necessarily be clamouring to bring them in, but I also wouldn't be transferring out your Hibs defensive assets. Um, oh, Ross County, I said, definitely don't bring them in, but they actually looked okay against St. Johnson. I would say Hearts. Hearts have... A, they, they, both of their win-backs play very high and wide. And both take set pieces. Uh, yeah, uh, is it Alan? Is it no, Alan Smith Alan and Smith. Alex Cochran? It is M Smith. I forget his first name, but yes, that's it. Michael Smith. Smith. They both take set pieces. One of them, a private assist. I think it was Smith. Um, so I think, yeah, Hearts. Hearts actually have a nice run of fixtures as well. They don't play an old firm fixture until the night, the ninth game week. Um, whilst they do short term have, I wouldn't say difficult fixtures, but fairly stiff. They play uh, St. Mirren, Aberdeen, Dundee, and Hibs. Um, but after that, they go Ross County, Livingston, Motherwell. So I think... In the yeah. future, they have a decent... It's m- much like Ross County, who have a pretty terrible start to the season. In the future, they have a... Uh, not a run, but they have a f- couple of good fixtures in Essentially, a row. Essentially, at this point, I'm just avoid Ross County. I mean, keep an eye on Ross County, but avoid for now. Avoid Motherwell. Avoid Livingston. Avoid both Dundees and uh, yep. that's about it 
that leads me on to uh, then, yeah. our final talking point here. Um, having seen performances, a lot of these out of position bin backs has sort of motivated us to write a thread on potential, I don't know, Welsh replacements if you're a bit um, skittish about the fact that he didn't play. Um, or you, uh, you're looking to chase upside. There are some real exciting picks coming from these positions. Um, we will be uh, publishing a thread after the release of this podcast. So if you head over to our Twitter at sffantasy.com, check that out and we'll have broken down a few out-of-position defenders for you there. Thomas, I think that's everything for today. Yeah, I think we've covered everything we want to. Alright, so before we jump off, remember you can find us on Twitter at sffantasy.com where you're more than welcome to ask us any questions and you'll then also have access to and it will also come up to you in your feed about all the stuff that we post and all the interactions we have where we can sometimes give our 10 cents as to what we think on certain things you can also still join our league it's not too late only one game week has passed it's capital u1 lowercase n capital a capital y and we will see you next thursday bye bye